tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 87. With me, my co-captain, as always, Scott Larson. And Scott, we've had some interesting news these last couple of weeks. Uh, we've had a new reveal, and we've had almost a new pinball machine fly under the radar. But before we get into all of that, it seems like our sponsor has some new pins to sell us. So if you want a new pin, where do you go, Scott? Uh, I go to Flipping Out Pinball. I uh, I message uh, Zach and Nicole Minnie, and they've always been able to take care of me. Um, I actually just pulled up their current inventory. And so, hey, they have Mandalorian Pro, Mandalorian Premium, Guns N' Roses LE. They have some uh, Cactus Canyon Special Edition, Ultraman, Halloween, Godzilla Premium pre-owned, uh, Monsters Pro, Rush, uh, Rush Pro, Iron Maiden Premium. I, so the bottom line is, if you want to get the game, a game, availability is coming back, which is nice. And if you really want that uh, Deadpool LE, uh, they have it for $17,000. So again, uh, there's a lot, a lot of good options out there, but uh, it seems like the availability is starting to uh, is starting to come back. So that's a good thing. So contact Zach and Nicole Mini. Speaking availability, there is a new game out from Jersey Jack Pinball. I don't think you've heard of it yet. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it totally flew under the radar. Nobody saw this coming at all. No one saw it coming at all. Uh, actually, no one saw that it was going to be Toy Story 4. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll talk about that. This game rolls out, and it's, it's kind of an interesting rollout um, because it gets leaked like 12 hours previously. Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, they kind of all do that. I mean, it's <laughs> it, there's always that one distributor who wants to leak to one poster who wants to be first. I mean, it's you know, it's fine. Like if that's I I actually like if it's twelve hours early, I'd rather just wait and see the real real thing because it's uh, it's like a, a grainy Photoshop picture. So well, and the thing I heard it wasn't actually a leak by any distributor or anything like that. It was like they'd put the information up on the website. And someone had just typed in like jjp.com slash Toy Story 4 or whatever. Oh. And boom, there was the information. It wasn't it wasn't like crypt it wasn't like crypto uh locked or whatever. It was just right. It was so there. It, it was basically <laughs> just someone who was uh, who just tried uh I guess uh, cold calling and seeing if uh, something was already up, like a hyperlink that wasn't exactly. posted. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, well okay, that, that makes it a little different. But still, I mean it's it's like okay, all right. Like Guns N' Roses was their last release. It's yes. wildly successful. They've sold. Yes. Uh, they, um, we talked to Eric a long time ago and he said, well, I, they said, well, how many to make? And he said, I don't know, Ellie 5,000. And he's like, actually they're, when we talked to him at expo, it seemed like they were going to meet that. So yeah. that's, that's actually very impressive. So it was a great theme that had wide yes. appeal and, and it had involvement from the band and so uh, that that's a big deal. And so now we are following up with a big release with Pe with Pixar. So I, I guess what are your initial takes on this? And tell me your interest level, high, low, medium, and why. I remember my very first thought. I saw the 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 gentleman that's taking his daughter to the carnival to play Toy Story commercial, mm -hmm. and I, I remember watching all the way through it and getting to the end of it. I'm like, I feel like I know very little about this game because it wasn't very descriptive it does show a lot but it just wasn't 
It wasn't great, but it's the same people that did the Guns N' Roses one, and the Guns N' Roses commercial was fantastic. Yeah, but the Guns N' Roses just had Welcome to the Jungle, and they had, you know, and, and you know, they had the good-looking person uh, flipping it and just kind of rocking out to it. So it it seemed more like a Guns N' Roses music video. Yeah, but it but they also kind of explained some stuff too. Yeah. I get that, but. I think overall, uh, I was super happy when Straight Down the Middle released their featurette. Mm -hmm. I felt like the first minute and a half of that one explains some stuff a lot more. And then I was actually excited for this game. Yeah, I I like the theme. I know a lot of people have got the pitchforks out. That's Toy Story 4. Honestly, you can put Toy Story 4 on it and then just run the it's the Woody and Buzz adventure. You don't have to go the route. So that's why when we had initially heard it was Toy Story 4 before it kind of leaked to the public. I was just not, I was like, I want to see, I want to see how this goes. And I still wasn't disappointed. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Forky. I might not dislike him as much as Travis Murray on Triple Drain. <laughs> but uh, I, I just overall, I grew up with Toy Story. I think we all have said that. And I was excited, even if it was just Toy Story 4, because I felt like even after watching the featurette and they're saying, you've got the Buzz Path and the Woody Path, for the wizard mode, I was like, well, I could, I could deal with this. That'd be cool. My level of interest in this game, I would love to own one. I just feel like for what's on the play field, which we'll get to later for what the game is and what the play field is. I don't feel it commands the price that they're asking. That is my overall for me. Okay. I would love to own a toy story. I think my kids would just love it. Uh, the code seems very simple, which to be entirely honest, I know a lot of people are saying like, got their pitchforks out about this as well guys girls you got to understand this is disney and pixar they're how do i put this nicely i don't want to get you in trouble they're a very hard oh. licensor to appease and yeah, they but it's, have it, very it, it's also that what is the audience i mean didn't people complain about uh, turtles because turtles was hey it's a kid game and it is brutal and, and so it's like, well, okay, do you want Toy Story to also be brutal? I mean, this is... The, the but not only that, but Disney and Pixar has a lot more say in what goes into their pinball machines. And it wouldn't have shocked me if someone from JJP said, hey, the reason we did the code the way we did is because Disney specifically requested that it be more accessible to children because it's sure. a theme for children. So I just know that they can be, they can be hard to appease when it comes to their stuff. They're particular. And this is actually the, the strength and the weakness of Correct. Um, things like star Wars, um, things like uh, Marvel, uh, things like uh, Disney is they are very jealous about how their style guide is, how things are presented and in fairness, they do it because there is a level of um, expectation on the consumer that yes. it's going to look a certain way. It's going to have a certain quality. It's going to have a certain thematic integration. And so I, I understand why they would have some very strong feelings. I, I mean, the elephant in the room is the it's twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. It's a twenty five hundred increase from Guns N' Roses initial release, nine thousand five hundred, and so and that's a granted. Big that came jump. out at the beginning. That came out right before COVID. It, it did, but still, okay. I, I'm still saying that I even with inflation, um, the the uh, 
an increase of basically 25% uh, or slightly more than 25%. That's a big jump. Um, Yep. So now, okay, now I want to rewind a little bit and let's have people ring in on why they were complaining about Beatles being so expensive because the license was so expensive. Okay, well, sure, but compare the Beatles to something like this and you're going to get some some very similar vibes, some some similar themes of how complex it's going to be. Uh, and a, a premium license, I would say Toy Story is a premium license. I, I was very disappointed when I found out it was Toy Story 4. Um, okay. However, um, I, I just don't feel that it, Toy Story 4 doesn't feel like a fun movie to me. It feels like the death of a relationship. It feels like eventually Buzz and Woody, you know, it's, it's almost like a divorce movie, a breakup movie, right? Buzz and Woody go their separate ways at the end. Sorry, spoiler work. Um, three years old if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah. So they, they kind of go there. So it doesn't seem to have that, uh, that feel and the magic that Toy Story 1 and 2 did. Where at the end, you're toys and you're playing with Andy, which is, you know, that makes you feel like, hey, this is this is fun. This is what's what it's all about. Uh, Toy Story 3 had tons of uh, adult issues, too, that I'm like, "Eh, it just didn't fit for me. Now, that being said. um, I was talking about this and talking about this with someone who has a lot of knowledge about licenses. And they said, well. Okay, so yes, it's Toy Story Four. It's not. It's not Toy Story One or Two. However, um, would you rather have this or no Toy Story? And I was like, actually, that's a very valid point. It, it, it is a valid yeah. point to say that if you want to do a Pixar movie, and your option is to take what the licensor is interested in making, or if you are going to say, well, no, I, I want to hold out and do the other one. I, I, it's, it sounds like that um, Stern had the option with Jurassic Park to either go with the new one or go with the old one. And I, I think wisely decided to go with the old one. Um, but they may not have had this option with Toy Story. And it could have been, it, again, this is all speculation, by the way, that yeah. I think Disney just said, this is, this is the theme. If you want to do Toy Story, this is what we're offering. Uh, so, okay, good. Um, well, look, so, for, look at it so from Disney's perspective, in my opinion. It, yeah. Like, I get, I get that Toy Story 1 and 2 are the better stories. It's tw- they're 20 years old. The animation looks old. 25 it, years old, yeah. yeah. The original I, I, Toy Story came out in 95, and this one came out in 2019. Yeah. So if and you're going to put your best foot forward, you're going to yeah. want to go with the best CGI, which would be Toy Story 4. Right. And so unless you're willing to to retrofit all that stuff or, you know, get get crushed because you're not going to use all of the, um, you know, you, you're going to use stock art or, or something like that. You're not going to use the animations. I mean, this has the integration, right? Yeah. Um, I... I from a vibe standpoint, what this reminded me of is if anybody's gone to Disney California Adventure or and they have it also at uh, in uh, Florida, uh, one of the parks, 
they have a shooting gallery with uh yep. it's a toy store shooting gallery it's like woody shootout yep. or something like that where you have like a little ball and a cannon and you're shooting it it has toy story elements toy story themes and you're shooting balls at things and and it's yeah it feels fun it's still integrated into the toy story universe uh it has nothing to do with what the the toy story um like story is about but it was it was a lot of fun I, and that's actually my favorite thing to write in disney world so yeah, uh, I, I like that. So it is the bottom line is, is this a trade-off thematically that I'm willing to make? Yes. Yes, it is. And I think they integrated very well what assets they had. And I think the other thing too is it's hard to compare Disney licenses to other licenses. Like really, if you're going to compare the license, you should compare it to other Disney licenses. Mm-hmm. and And maybe even not like, Deadpool because Deadpool was more the comic and Marvel gets more free reign on that versus the Avengers movie like the the Gomez Avengers Disney has more say on that one. Yeah, however, you could you could legitimately point out that Eric was able to integrate five pirates movies. Yes. And so I'm not, I'm, and I know, I know Disney is different than Pixar. And I know there's a billion different uh, channels that could have gone down, but it it is. But what's one of the biggest complaints about pirates? That it's, it's too involved. It's too involved. No, there's no pirates in the clips. Well, exactly. They, that's because the, the name and likeness, I mean, that's, that makes it really challenging. Um, Yeah. You get so, to see them at the very beginning when you choose one of them and you get to see them in the artwork. You, you see that a picture and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so it's, it's different, but again, they're dealing with the, within the constraints of what the licensor is offering. And so it seems like I'm willing to just admit, okay, I'm, I'm willing to let the, um, give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to what decisions they had to made, make based on the license. The problem is the expectations. Like what, yeah, what the you expect it. Yeah. It's, it's what you expect. And it, it's, it, you know, it, it's like when you have the sequel to one of your favorite movies and it comes out and this is where like last Jedi totally nosedived for me because it yeah. didn't feel right to me. It felt like this is, this let me down on everything I had, I've come to expect out of a star Wars movie. So I think that people can say, well, okay, like this isn't what I expected. I'm like, you know, I'll granted, it's not what you expected. Yeah. Is it still acceptable? Um, but I think the other thing too is is pinball machines can overcome some of those hurdles with layout and design and whatnot. And sure. honestly, everything I'm hearing, it's a great shooter. Mm-hmm. It's just we're not seeing any pizzazz on the play field or anything unique and new. When I first saw this, I felt like well, it was okay, a Yeah, there is something new. There's like a full size iPad on the on the playfield. <laughs> okay, do you really count that as new? There's been there's been yeah. countless. Just because the size doesn't mean yeah. that it, it makes it newer. Actually, I will say, um, I find it interesting that it's in there. However, man, that is a lot of real estate to give up yeah. for uh, for something like that. Um, and I, I wonder how much of it was restraint on what they could do versus again, what. Sure, sure. And w- yeah, what their creative license was. Yeah. 
let's look at what dialed in was. I mean, it's still a really great game. Like, I think that's the problem too. Like Pat Lawler did great for Williams and Bally back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. arguably Adam's family and twilight zone are two of the most influential games. They might not be your favorite games, but they are pretty dang influential on yeah. where pinball pivoted and went. And, uh, it seemed like his games, they were still good. I know that like there towards the end, no good gophers and red and Ted is kind of an acquired taste, but I don't think I know anyone that ever talks about his stern years. And I'm like, Oh, those games were just amazing. I, I don't like his there. There's, you know, I, I had Shrek for a while. I could never get into it. Um, yeah. And I'm so, okay, here's the stern years. Okay. Monopoly. Anybody? Roller Coaster Tycoon, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Grand Prix, NASCAR, Family Guy, Good Morning America. <laughs> that sounds like it's a one-off. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a one-off. There, uh, that's got to be a one-off. I've never heard of that before. Um, Shrek, CSI, and that's it. Okay, and would you- the one that stands out to me on that is Ripley's. And I actually do enjoy Ripley's. It's yeah, it's a, it's, but it's, it's more okay. of the code than it is than the game right. itself. Yeah, and um, I I wanted Shrek to be a great game. I love the theme yeah. of Shrek, and oh yeah, I it just the the layout just felt so boring to me. And yeah, it's that's pretty where stiff. when I see the um, when I see that they have like a big ipad in there again that's kind of what i felt it was like oh man i'm hoping this doesn't feel like shrek where now shrek had like the upper like one fourth of the play field it seemed like was covered by that and yeah it was a cool gimmick but i just uh it it just never felt like oh this is a lot of fun like it's like oh okay so get up there and play donkey pinball you know whatever um so i i was concerned about having the giant uh screen in there but I don't know. Are you, are, do you, are you worried about it all? Like that, that giant screen, it seems like a little more off, uh, off and up. And so it doesn't seem to be. It's an orbit and it's far back enough. You don't have to really worry about it. it by the time you see it coming out, I don't think it's going to kill your re- reflexes or whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't, it doesn't bother me. But I, my point being is, is like when he came back to JJP and he, he came out with dialed in, I think people got reinvigorated for what, pat lawler could do sure and and with this game if this is his swan song which is what it sounds like it is mm-hmm. i just feel like it's it's lackluster i i just i don't know like maybe it is time mm. for the the new blood to take over because look at look at yeah, pirates it, and look at Guns okay, it Roses. seems very like, okay it, it seems very safe that's what this okay seems. you say safe yes safe but i i feel like with eric's games you're getting more bang for your buck. And I, I don't see the bang for your buck with this game. And I feel like the numbers, like you can tout every day, all day that you sold 30 million of these, but overall you sold 2000 games and a thousand of them were your collector's editions. And those aren't all going directly out to people. I can almost guarantee there's a handful of those, if not more that people are going to set on and then see if they can sell them for more because that's what the, limited collectors market has become mm-hmm. is they buy it extras of these get bought up and then they get sat on so that way when when the demand's high 
they start pumping, pumping them out for a premium. So I, I start discounting those numbers because those will always sell because there's going to be someone that either A, truly wants it or B, wants to flip it. Okay. I feel like there's no other in between. So you look at your LA numbers, which is a thousand. And the me CE personally, I, no, CE number, they only sold, what did they, they sold a thousand CEs and then roughly a thousand LEs yeah. is if I remember the neck numbers correctly. And so my, that's my other decision too. I don't think they, they cut out the standard because they weren't aiming for that market anymore. They knew if they did a standard, a lot of people would gravitate towards that. And because well, I look at this game. Okay. But a standard I, with guns and roses, people didn't gravitate toward it because you're missing a full upper play field. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like black Knight. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, well, what, but black Knight was, yeah. What would you cut out in this? Will you cut out the LCD screen? That's the problem is, is like, I don't what, think you, you can cut, cut anything out, a, out of this. Cut out a pop bumper. You can't cut out the jump ramp because yeah. that's like the main feature. Yeah. You call you cut out Gabby Gabby. Like that's, yeah. that's my point is, is I feel like you're, yeah. you're, you're paying higher than an LE price. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. A, you're paying a higher than a collector's price mm-hmm. for a, a pro game or a standard game. And that's why I think JJP actively made the decision to not do a standard because they needed, they knew that they'd be losing money because people would feel very comfortable going with a standard in this. It's just like, it's just like guardians of the galaxy. It's just like Ninja turtles. People felt comfortable going with the base model because they didn't see the value in the higher models. And that's what I feel like with this. And I could be entirely wrong. I could be entirely wrong on that whole scenario. Yeah. But that's how I feel about this. I think that you're, these go these are going into homes. Like I think the the majority like these are twelve thousand dollar games. So these this is a game where people are going to turn it on and they'll play it. And I would say the amount of play these games are going to have are going to be significantly less than what any location game will be because no one's going to put these on location for twelve thousand dollars. You're never going to make that money back. I agree. So the the investor in me, there's a red flag that does not want to touch this game. Because I feel like we're going to have a Hobbit effect. People pay the yeah, premium okay. up front. And then a couple of years later, they were worth six grand at most. Yeah, but now and, they're back up. Because of COVID, yeah, we're starting still, to see a softer market. Yeah, But okay, remember, um, people didn't like Deadpool. And then they, then they didn't have them. And then people really loved Deadpool. And... You know, Black Knight, they, you know, kind of went cold on and can't. So I, I, I will say the theme on this will make it something that people will always buy and put in their um, and put in their game room. So I guess my question to you is then, would this game pass if it was a different theme? OK, define define different theme like. I mean, is it? Well, let's switch. Let's switch Godzilla and Toy Story. Let's say somehow the. Keith Ellen made Godzilla style for Toy Story mm-hmm. and, and Pat Lawler made Toy Story for Godzilla. I know it's hard. It's, it's I, easy to make the comparison, but do you think someone would pay $12,000 for a Godzilla themed Toy Story with a jump wrap, a, a pop-up tar? Let's say the, the Gabby Gabby's Godzilla, you hit him in the face and you know, you know actually, what I, I think so. Keith Elwin games we know are going to play great. And really, 
Pat Lawler has two great shooting games, uh, with the exception of the SIM card on dialed in. That's super hard. Um, but it's it's a good flowing game. Yeah. And I'm I, not I'm not saying they're terrible shooters. I'm just saying for what you get in the game, I feel like the only thing that passes on this is because it's Toy Story, because they got Tim Allen, because they got Annie Potts. I just I I, I don't think any other theme would have got a write-off. I mean, it, it pretty much has the Beatles effect. You, you talked about that yeah. in the beginning. Like Be- Beatles, people didn't see the bang for the buck in Beatles. It's it's a fun game. Don't get me wrong. And that's what I hate about this. That's what I absolutely hate about this. I'm not saying it's a terrible game. I've never mm-hmm. said that about Beatles. I've never said that about Toy Story. I just don't feel like... You feel it's overpriced for what you get. Correct. You don't yeah. get the bang for your buck. Sadly, I think it's what the market is demanding. So um, we may see Right now, this... I don't go. Well, I don't know. They still sold 2,000 games. True. So, and that's with the initial release. That's that's True. still a solid hit. Your biggest numbers are going to be at the beginning. Yeah, of course they are. The, the, the trickle effect is it all depends on the game itself. Mm-hmm. Like a Deadpool. It had a terrible start out the gate. And then once it got in people's homes, like you said, once they get in people's homes, people start playing mm-hmm. them. They there's still a really high demand for Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, I there's still going to be a high demand, but this is a different market. This isn't the same thing. This isn't a. I don't think this is a tournament game. Like the high level players will will boss it around, and so you're going to see some you're not going to see as much buy-in from the tournament players, which is why I think you're feeling like, Oh, I got to the wizard mode on the fourth game or, you know, stuff like that. Okay, fine. But really tournament players are such a small niche part of pinball. They really are. Yeah. But I think here, here's, here's the thing. Okay. Stern could do what they want to do because they're a manufacturer first. Sure. And so they are trying to produce as much pinball as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all need to admit, and I could be wrong. I mean, this is, I mean, this is offensive. JJP is a boutique pinball company. Yeah, of course they are. They are, they are. And I the, think the problem is, is we've all had this perception okay. that they want to compete well, with Stern, but they. Okay. But boutique has the connotation of a mom and pop shop, which I wouldn't no. say that. I would say that no. Uh, okay, okay. So here's a question: Is Ferrari a boutique uh, car manufacturer? How about McLaren, Bugatti? I th- these are these are premium products for a smaller audience. So I True. I wouldn't say that they're. Uh, I'm not saying that negatively. Yes, they are not competing on the same level as Stern, but I don't think that's what they're shooting for at this point. And I think we're all seeing that now. I think mm-hmm. I think the problem is that there's been a big camp of Stern versus JJP fanboys. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been like Stern and JJP are like we're we're mortal enemies. But I think it comes down to people need to realize like JJP's looking for the big, the flashy, the higher end product with the high end price tag. They're they're looking for the low numbers and the high price tag, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of how business works. That's one of the business models. 
Yeah, you can still make money that way. Yeah, but and obviously Stern, they have. 30... Stern is Ford. That's what Stern is. Yeah. Stern is volume. And yes, they make excellent games, but yes, they're making their money on volume. Um, JJP is obviously not selling as many uh, games as Stern, and therefore they are a little bit more like, uh, you know, this is not the best analogy, but like an Apple where they're taking more profit per game sold than Stern is because they, they have to for their business model because they're not going to sell, you know, 15 to 30,000 games a year. So here's my complaint then. So we've established that they're the, the higher end, like they're going to be the limited numbers. They're more of a boutique. They're, they're the more expensive. They are certainly the more expensive. Yes. You said the Bugatti or the... Well, uh, sure. But uh, however, I, you know, I've, I've hopped in my friends. Like I, I have a few friends who have sports cars and I hop in them and I also feel this isn't for me. I'm not a sports car Correct. guy because it doesn't it, like it feels a little uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like what, but man, it goes fast. And so that's what I'm just saying with this is that this is a different thing than what Stern is going for. Stern is going for yeah. volume sales and tournament play. That's what they are going for. Okay. But my point is, if you're going to be that company, the quality needs to match the product. I don't well, feel like you it, get a quality enough game. Yeah. And we've got to figure like I haven't heard playfield stuff yet, which is fantastic. It may I haven't been mm -hmm. digging. But we really need to address this issue. Like someone needs to fess up and say, hey, like it, it looks there's a lot of egg on your face when the guy that makes the playfields cuts his seminar 40 minutes short because he's getting hammered with questions about his playfields and he's just like, I'm done and leaves. And even even Jersey Jack took some of that during the Texas uh, pinball festival as well, but it yeah. wasn't much. He addressed the but, issue, and they kind of skirted it under the rug. Well, and okay, so it's but, like, but the I audience don't want to take was, a chance. Was much the audience had the pitchforks out for the other one, so I totally I totally get that America was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, and I get that, and I get that CERN has their issues too. But I'd rather replace a coil stop on a pinball machine mm -hmm. than a play field. You know what I'm saying? And so that's like ding number one for me. That's why even before Toy Story came out, like people are like, are you in or out on it? And I said, mm -hmm. I have to see it first. And honestly, if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy it secondhand from someone that's already put some time on it. And it, I know that the play field's not falling apart. And so that's our ding number one to me. Like if you're going to have the quality, then you need, if you're going to have the pr high price tag, I want the highest quality that I can obtain. And maybe we I, don't have that. Maybe I, I'm just beating a dead horse because Toy Story's playfields are amazing and and we're not having any be. issues. But we won't know for a couple more months, in my opinion, until people really put some time on these. I'm also typically not an early adopter. But there are plenty of people Same. who are willing to, uh, you know, if they're willing to pay, you know, uh, $15,000 for a collector's edition, then it's, you know, they they certainly care less and i bet they play it less too so. i guess overall i would love to have a toy story i'm not paying for it like i have to at, realistically at this point i'd have to get rid of one of my stern premiums and one of my old old williams alleys i'd have to sell one and a half games to to do it yeah. and is it you know what i may get one in the future though i actually may because i think it still would be a good game for a, a home collection 
I think it'll be a lot oh. of fun. And I guarantee when people come over, that's one of the first games they'll play. Oh, I agree. I, my kids still would love looks it. Great. It still looks great. I, the oh, the yeah. presentation is good. The hot rails look good. The lighting show looks good. It looks like a game that was developed for a Disney park. Oh, and I guarantee your kids that would play it would start to get more into pinball because it's more accessible. And so they're going to feel better about themselves because they're destroying yeah. this game. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I would say get it. I'd say get it and have your kids. If you want your kids to play more pinball, get them this game. That's what I would I agree. I my son, Grayson, uh, my three year old that has autism, mm-hmm. he has a rough time falling asleep at night. We have been laying down watching the gameplay by Joe Katz, and it's mm-hmm. what calms him down. And it's what he wants to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is some entrancement to this game. Yeah, I just i that's that's I think I think that's what a lot of us are upset with. It's like I don't i i I was on the fence about this game. I would like to own it, but I just can't justify the money for what it is. Okay, well, th- there's different ways of owning it. You can be a first, yeah. you, can, you can be a new owner, you can be a used owner, and eventually the market will correct where if you buy a used game, you will typically get a few hundred dollars off. And so I would say that um, where my interest level in this game is probably in the used market, a used home, home use only uh, by someone who, you know, kind of a low play, someone who maintained it. But down the road, would I get one? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And and the, I, the play looks fun. Play looks fun. No, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like it, it looks like a good game. I just can't justify the money for the the product. Sure. So, I think that's how we all feel. Two thousand Well, two thousand people said, "Bring it on." You know, I, yeah. I have friends who are on the every le club, so it obviously is not an issue for them. So we'll we'll see what happens with this. Um, okay, I I am looking forward to to laying my hands on it though. I agree. I, we're, we'll definitely be at Expo in October, and I'm excited to play it. If that's the first time I play it, so be it. But like, I want to play this game. Um, like I said, if if I were to give this a grade, it, I think uh, I, I I'd probably give it the B minus. I give it the SDTM. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to give it an A. I really, I I, I do uh, like maybe an A minus because it's not the theme per uh, exactly that I want. However, it is a good integration of the theme that's available and it will be fun to play and it will be fun to have in a home environment. And Mm. Pat, uh, if you like Pat games, this will be a solid Pat game. Yep. Honestly, like I said, I think, I think every collection needs to have the ultra hard game that has the depth and there needs to be a a fun game that makes you feel good about yourself. I think this is it. The price looks, uh, price is higher than, but I think it's uh, than what we would like. However, that's a reflection of the times. So I, again, good, good, good for me. A minus. So my question is if they did come out with a standard, do you, would you have bought it? What would GNR's standard come out? Was it nine? Um, 9,500. No, and I think no, they bumped it to 10, five. No, the LE was 9,500 and it went up to 10, five. Um, the standard was a few thousand cheaper, but I, since I never got to play the standard, I don't know how the, how the, 
the vibe felt different. But my, my point being is if they had a standard for the Toy Story and there wasn't mm-hmm. much difference, would you go with the Toy Story for nine thousand? Eight eight five? Eight. Uh probably. Yeah. Probably if it were in the in the nine thousand range, I would be interested. Um, but oh. twelve thousand is more than I'm willing to pay right now. Yeah, so. that that's more than any game. And so I, I'm looking at I'm looking at all my games and saying this would have to be justify the price that is more expensive than all my games. The one thing I do want to point out one thing though, it made me laugh. I showed my wife because I'm like, you've got to see Toy Story. And the second Woody comes on, she's like, that's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And she's like, that's not Tom Hanks. I'm like, it is a Hanks though. And she, I'm like, it's Jim Hanks, Tom's brother. And she's like, she's like, I can hear it, but like there, there's just a little offness to it. But it made wow. me chuckle. But I yeah. honestly, I'm a big Tim Allen fan. And so I thought it was really cool that he did the voice for Buzz in the game. And it's really cool that Annie Potts also reprised Bo Peep. So, yeah, usually on those sucks, things, I figure everyone wants to be the space hero if they're good enough. So, you know, it's, it's OK. Yeah. You know, Johnny Depp didn't do uh, didn't do the stern call outs either. So on the, honestly, those are fantastic. It's hard to tell a difference uh, again. Yeah, it's well, yeah, I, I think it's so. good enough. Yeah, well, let's talk about a game that has been unveiled, but it's not getting very much coverage. And I I don't know if it's because there's not a bunch of information about it. Or what's going on? But Scott, have you seen Escape from the Megaverse by Stern, a pinball okay. machine by the leading manufacturer in the world? And we're getting no coverage on this guy. Yeah, this. Uh, I, OK, so you and I found out about this the same time where someone sent us some yeah. pictures of it. And Thank you, Naomi Shed. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. And I looked at it and the funny thing is I immediately looked at it and I said, okay, it's definitely Stern. Like before I looked at anything just because of the, the back glass and the speaker panel and the, uh, the animation setup. And I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. And it definitely, um, it looks like it's off their, their pin collection. So think, think heavy metal, think, uh, Spider-Man home edition, think Star Wars home edition. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, JP, and, the home pit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, d- d- no, I'm, I'm talking layout layout. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's completely different than, than, uh, Jack's version of uh, Jurassic park. Um, and so, yeah, it feels like a very safe design. Um, the art is, it, it's certainly interesting. It, it is very professional. Um, I have no idea what these, uh, board ape yacht club thing is though. So, so do you know what an NFT is? A non-fungible token. Is that yeah, right? Essentially, it's just the yeah. Essentially, that you get the title to internet yeah. stuff. So yeah, I, which uh, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. It's the same thing as I'm not smart enough to figure out crypto because I look at it and I think I don't understand why people would want this other than to send money to scammers. Um, so I've never quite figured out, but obviously there is a market for this. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's it looks interesting, but uh, this reminds me of another private label thing that I don't get. I was able to, to do a little bit of digging. Okay. And so Naomi had her son. He actually flew out to Ape Fest, which was up in New York. Um, 
It's part of the Board Ape Yacht Club. If you don't know what that is, it's essentially a bunch of investors with really deep pockets have invested heavily into crypto slash NFTs, and they've made a club out of it. And then that's what this is called. And each one of those investors have become some type of monkey. Uh, one's like a lab monkey. One's a like, but he looks like slime. And if you really want to do the do the deep dive into it, go for it. There. But the point of this is, is I was thrown for a loop when we first saw this because it has the full size LED LCD TV, uh, screen in it, and it also has uh, Insider Connected. Both of which has never been on a home pin before. So that's what threw me for a loop on the first uh, first thing. Um, so we asked Naomi's son to ask some questions. Uh, the gentleman that owns it, his name is Andrew. We asked about the artwork and he said uh, some, some guy made it. Like the guy was really coy. Sure. So okay. we said, we were like, so uh, you mentioned in a post that eight of these have already been made. How many more do you plan on making? And he said, eight either means there's eight machines being made or have been made, or eight means there's eight apes on the play field. I was like, oh my goodness, we're getting this, aren't we? Um, they said they did partner with Stern to, to build it. Uh, and they're not sure how many they're going to make uh, or if it's going to be available to the public. If, if you're listening to this, this is what my thought was. This is Supreme 2.0. Yeah, If you can get your hands on one of these, if you can, I say go for it. You can make money off this bad boy. My thing is, is, oh, I I talked to Neil Shelton. You know Neil Shelton, Mr. PinQuest himself. Mm -hmm. He's way into this stuff, into NFTs and crypto. Awesome, dude. He answered some questions that I had as well. So the Bored Ape Yacht Club, if you get into the club... I don't know exactly how that works. If you pay your way in, if you if you go college style and you have initiatory week or whatever it is, uh, you get perks. And they talked about one of the perks is, is you get a pinball machine if you join the club. And this is part of that. You don't they don't know if you have to buy it or if it's just a gift, yada yada. Uh, that's what Nil had said about this pinball machine itself. Um it's it's just it's weird to me that we we have an unveil randomly in New York. Uh, it looks fun. There's we got some footage sent to us. I don't know if we're allowed to share it. Uh, it looks like a fun game though. Um, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like it just isn't for you, or and it, it is the same layout as Star Wars and Spider Man. Like if you Nap Arcade did a write up, you can see some photos there. It is like the exact same layout. You've got the three drops on the left in front of the ramp. You've got the ramp on the right. They both come right straight back to the flippers. There's an orbit. Uh, there's a couple pops. I guarantee they're all linked to the same coil. Sure. Um, it just and the artwork's very unique. It's not for me, but for many, it, I look at it. I'm like, this is probably a, a fun game for the you know the six thousand price range. Uh, the home version pin. Um, I would get a Star Wars home pin for that. But um, yeah, it, it it looks beautiful. I don't take much. Uh, there are people who like having something that other people don't have. Yeah. Um, I drive a Ford F-150, which is like the number one selling truck. Uh, yeah, th- there are 
probably 10 million of them in Utah alone. And so I don't really care about driving something different than other, than other people. Um, I don't care about having a game that is, uh, that is cosmetically just different, but it has a, a very similar layout to other things. Um, but is it a cool game? Yeah, I think it's really cool. It has a, it has an LE, um, it has an LE uh, speaker panel and it, you know, it looks like an LE cause it's powder coated. It has, uh, art rails and I bet this would be a blast, but yeah. for the premium of having something just because someone else doesn't have it, I'm not going to pay that premium. I really wonder how this all worked out. Like if, if someone just approached Zach Sharp or like George Gomez and is like, this is what we want to do. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe. And then they're like, here's how much money you work on. I think it's the same as Primus. It's like, hey, we want <laughs> to make some games. And they're like, okay, well, we have some layouts. Do you want to select one of them? I, yeah. I really, I, I, I that's just, exactly, but this is what you should be doing. This is what artists do all the time. They do private parties for the Uber rich. Like they'll yeah. fly to a yacht somewhere and they will do a show for a $5 million like appearance fee. So yeah. I, I have no idea how much this, this game would even sell for or how much they're making, but obviously remember how we were talking about JJP that yeah. they are making a significant amount per game because they're not going for the volume sale. Okay. Yeah. So let's just say if you are making 5,000 Godzillas and you're making a you know, couple thousand per Godzilla. Okay. You're making 5,000 of those. What would it take yeah. you to make 10 of something else? It's going to take a, it's going to take a lot of money. Uh, you're, yeah. you're looking at at least clearing that this is for me to say this, this is worth it. You probably want to clear 10 to 15,000 per game for a very unique layout like this. Yeah. And so this is definitely oh, a I custom agree. thing. That's why I'm like, do you, the typical home pin usually does about 200 run. Like they don't make a ton of them. No, they, they don't, I mean, that's they're, they're still, it's a good, it's a good game for a good market. Um, really I I've said if, if you want a, a slightly more budget friendly option, um, either going with Jurassic park, the home pin or star Wars, the home pin, those are two great games and they're, they have big bang for the buck. So, so this is what I, this is what I propose. Yeah. Cause obviously if you got money, you can go do this. Everyone out there listening right now, you know you want a pinball podcast pinball machine. Oh, we will wow. get Teolis. We'll get Nate Shivers. We will get Martin Robbins and Ryan C. And it'll be all your favorite episodes and one pinball machine. We're going to crowdfund this and we're only going to have 200 of these bad boys. And you know you're going to want one. We're going to do it through Stern. We're going to do the pin series. It's going to be amazing. That's, that's my pitch. All right. Good luck. <laughs> I, you know, I, though, we're going to get messages I, after this episode and they're going to be like, sign me up. Yeah, because I, uh, I would take a a home pin version like a la Supreme with a loser kid um, hat on it, like with a loser kid logo yeah, on it. I, I would do that. But yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to pay Stern fifty thousand dollars to do it. 
So here's my other suggestion too. To the people that are throwing a fit about like their theme not being made and they want this uber cult theme that they're just dying for from like the late 80s or whatever, go to Stern, have them make you 200 of whatever the theme is. Uh, you get the licensing and all that jazz and then you can sell them yourself and you have your own Care Bears theme and, and 199 other people will join you in on your effort. I don't know if Stern would do that, but I mean, it's you know not the, apparently, it's a business. It's a business. These a business. private, these private label games, they, there is a market for them. And they made heavy metal, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, I want to know more. If someone knows more about this, reach out to us. Cause I want to know a little bit yes. more about it because right now it just seems there's more questions than answers. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more questions. Yeah. Um, is this something we're going to see at, at expo i just that would be, that would I be don't cool know. We, i would love to see this at expo are you is anyone ever going to be able to play this outside of the board ape yacht club i, I invited yeah. the guy that made, that had the game made to come on the podcast and uh, mm-hmm. i haven't heard a word so yeah i, I guess he, i'm under his he's probably too busy <laughs> counting his counting his nfts so and you know what so all right let's move on to the the last thing that i want to talk about before we wrap this up uh i want to say thank you to everyone and the response that we've had for flipping the script on autism it has been 10 times more than i ever expected the people that have reached out to talk about their own personal stories of 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 autism and the struggle whatever it may be it just we had multiple like haggis after we released the episode messaged us what can we do to help they're shipping stuff in from australia just so we'll have it for the the auction slash stream um it's overwhelming we've had so many people reach out just to say hey what can we do to help and uh, i don't know yet and we're still at the early phases of exactly what this is going to be at expo we know it's going to be stream we know we're going to do auctioning we know we got guests lined up and I, I swear, everyone, every manufacturer that I know of is involved, um, except for, I do apologize, there's a couple I haven't reached out to yet, and I need two. Um, but holy crap, just... Everybody's been supportive, which is, uh, which is great. Yes. Um, there are so many people out there who we didn't even realize had, are, are dealing on some level with uh, an autistic family member uh, you know yeah. whether that's uh, whether that's immediate whether or not it's extended family and it's been amazing to for me to see just people saying you know it's, it's kind of giving a voice to to people who typically are silent and it's yes. very underserved uh, so this um, this feels it, it feels like a great way of interconnecting with people and and bringing the community together and it, it seems it seems awesome that we've had so much positive response. So thank you. My recommendation is if you don't fully understand what autism is, um, there is a series on Netflix right now called Love on the Spectrum. Uh, watch an episode or two. It will give you kind of idea. Uh, people with autism and the struggle that they have daily, uh, even with something like love. And so I... <laughs> It is a huge benefit to these kids to have one-on-one learning with these teachers and to 
get the life skills that they need. And, and it's been proven time and time again, if they have the help at an early age, that they will be far more successful in the rest of their lives uh, if they get that early intervention that they need. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I said, it, all 100% of the proceeds are going to go to Learning Solutions. We actually have a representative from Learning Solutions that's going to come with us to Chicago so that way you can give the money to them directly. We're going to uh, put their Venmo or PayPal, wherever it is, up on the stream so you just send the money directly to them. I, I'm i just essentially the person putting this together. It is all going to Learning Solutions and their early intervention schooling that they have been more than generous to help with with others. So. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, we. Uh, so, um, I'm excited. It it kind of blows me away. We had a we had a very small, um, a small charity golf tournament. It was the same thing. It was a fundraiser for the group I go to Guatemala with, and I was shocked to find out the response that we got from that too. And so it just shows me there are people out there who they're really looking for ways of reaching out. And they're just looking for ways of helping. And so, again, this is such a great way of interconnecting. So we're looking forward to Expo. I, the good part about having a group of people help you out is there's so many ideas being kicked around and so many helping hands. The one downfall is, though, I pitch an idea and I get shot down. And no one thinks I'm serious about the dunk booth, okay? We should get a dunk booth and we should put someone of high esteem in the community in that dunk booth. And if you can't even donate to the auction, throw five balls at this. <laughs> I get logistically. It's probably hard to get a dunk booth inside the expo, but <laughs> it's okay. You know what, Josh, we can put you in a dunk booth out in the, in the parking lot. We'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> uh, if, if we had a dunk booth, who would you put in there? Who would you want to be throwing baseballs at to dunk? Um, because I don't want I don't want to be malicious. Like it would have to be someone who has a good sport. Like who who basically everybody loves and everybody has a good time with. And so um that would have to be Jeff Theolis. Like I I don't know anybody who doesn't like Jeff. Jeff's such a great guy. We've hung out with him at a few of the shows. And he is just a positive guy. So yeah, I I, I would yes. put Jeff in there. You put Teolis in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you're I, saying someone that everyone loves. I was like, you're going to put mm-hmm. Steve Bowden in there? <laughs> yeah, you could put Steve in there, too. I'm going to put Marty over a shark tank, though. So, you know, <laughs> one, one shot and he goes to the sharks. Oh, my goodness. But, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I said, we're still, a couple, we're still what, four months out? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be hitting this a little bit harder as we get closer to it. But just know the response has been massive. Like... Holy crap. <laughs> like I, I was not expecting the response. Facebook tracks the metrics. Uh, this has trumped anything we've ever done before. Like months combined in, in three days. It was it was crazy. Even our hot take on Deep Root, it it outpaced that. Well, let me put it this way. Our top five episodes, which are two Elwins, our Deep Root episode that we did with Zach and Dennis our Zach episode and uh, I can't remember. The, oh, the fifth one is our expo episode when we talked about pinball Olympics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is kind of goofy that, but those five episodes combined 
it beat those all together in right. less than three days. Yeah. On the metrics. Holy crap. That's yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know that people are excited for this. We know people are looking forward to this. And I've had people message me that we're not going to go to Expo. They're like, thank you for letting us know. We're already getting our tickets. Yeah. So. Oh, good. People. Be great. People have messaged me from overseas that are like, well, I wasn't planning on coming to Expo, but if you're going to do this, we'll fly in from London. So it's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. We well, got anything um, else? No, I think that's pretty much it. We, uh, we're trying to line up a few more guests. It's been, this has been a little down year in news. And so we're trying to figure out the, the best things. So if you have any ideas yeah. of what you want us to explore, we actually have some opportunities of filling different episodes. So um, I think, I think we need to get Joe Katz on. I'd really like to talk about uh, more Toy Story. Sure. And get a little more in depth about the code and whatnot. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Pat Lawler, it'd be cool to have, have him on before. Uh, yeah, we before definitely his song. Well, again, we'll, we'll reach out and see what we can get. So, we do have some in the pipeline, but if you have suggestions, we're more than happy to uh to explore those avenues, let's put that away. And I have a guest that I've had lined up for like a year and a half. Someone just needs to contact this person and say do it. It's it's time. Okay. <laughs> and no, if you contact me ask me who it is, I'm not telling you. Yeah, I know. So, yes. And this person is pretty amazing. Very, very, let's put it this way. Very influential on pinball. Yes. So past, present, and future. But All right. Well, Josh, uh, why don't you send us out? uh, If you want to get a hold of us, we are on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at LoserKidPinball. If you want to email us at LoserKidPinballPodcast at gmail.com. It is easiest to get a hold of us via our personal accounts on Facebook at Scott Larson at Josh Roop. I don't know what the actual Facebook thing is, but get a hold of us, chit chat with us. Uh, we're always happy to talk. I am a little more quiet these days than normal because I've got a lot on my plate. So I do apologize if uh, you message me and I totally forget to message you back. Um, but yeah, don't take offense. Trust me. <laughs> and we appreciate those that do reach out like Tim Lee and, uh, it's it's always fun to talk to the, the triple drain guys. Uh, man, if you guys could be in on that chat, we have some wild fun. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to the pins. Don't have too much fun this week. Uh, we wish we were there in Hershey, Pennsylvania, with you. Uh, yeah, and definitely. Yeah, else um, we need to bring the hangover medication and send it to Hershey. So, yes, if you guys could send them some some of that, it would be great. Or actually, do this. If you're listening to this right now, seriously, your favorite hangover remedy. There you go. Whether Absolutely. it be a recipe, whatever it is, just, send just it to send Christian. A, send it directly to him. Yeah. Yes. Whether you mail it or <laughs> message them and say the loser kids love you. Seriously, yeah. just, no, just no, send no, your remedy. No, just your say remedy. the loser kids said you needed some uh, hangover remedies. Here you go. Yes. Christian and Sarah Pin uh, line on Facebook. Do it. We should we should give away some stickers. <laughs> to every person that that shows evidence um anywho all right well hopefully we'll get at least a few sent out so anyway we'll uh, we'll see you in roughly two weeks sounds good ah!